As promised, we have Arizona checking in this morning. Yes, it is Charlie and Jimmy Bender, the guys who 20 years ago today thought it would be a wonderful idea to let me hike with them into the Grand Canyon for five days. That means going down in the canyon and then up out of the canyon five days later. But here I am to tell the story. But no, let's have them tell the story of what's going on today because today, 20 years later, they are doing a similar thing. They are getting ready right now to depart and head down in the canyon. Jimmy, Charlie, good morning. Thanks for joining me today. Let the folks know exactly where you are right now. Well, we're uh, we're up on a rim at the Maswick Lodge. We are going to have breakfast soon at the Maswick Lodge, as opposed to the Yavapai cafeteria where you had breakfast 20 years ago today. <laughs> yeah, well, the breakfast today, won't that be a little different from the breakfast the next five mornings? Uh, definitely. Someone else will be cooking it for us. Today. Today. Uh, oh, and by the way, what kind of coffee uh, will you be having this morning before the hike? We just love hazelnut in our coffee, and I, I got a whole jar of it. It's a little in-joke there because there was a mistake made by <clears throat> Jimmy there uh, 20 years ago when we did our vittle stop in Flagstaff, and he got the foo-foo coffee, which nobody wanted on the hike. So I still have a picture of Jimmy drinking the foo-foo coffee, which was not a very popular thing. Now, you guys are not doing the same route that I took. You do this almost every year. So can you describe what the itinerary is for the 2022 version of the Benders going down in the Grand Canyon. Okay, we're going to start right at the village, at uh, go down the uh, yeah the Bright Angel Trail, which is a pretty easy trail. It's one that most of the tourists go down, and we usually try to stay away from it. But kind of necessary that we had to go down that way to do what we want to do. So from there, <clears throat> it's about four and a half miles down to Indian Gardens. That's where we're going to spend our first night. <coughs> Excuse me. Morning, still morning. Uh, You're getting all choked up about the Bright Angel Trail, huh? What's that? You're getting all choked up about the Bright Angel Trail. Yeah, right. And what's that? What's that vista point there? The one you can see from the rim. Uh, that, that's off of Bright Angel, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, that's at uh, Indian Gardens. It's a Plateau place. Point, is it? Plateau Point. Plateau Point. I've never been there. What can you see from Plateau Point? Can you see the Colorado River? It's a very good view of the Colorado River. You can see a pretty long stretch of it, and you can see all of the camps ground and uh, Phantom Ranch and all of that, which is at right at the river. But you're not going all the way down there, right? No, not there. We had thought about it, but then we said, you know, why did we go down there and then back, especially if it's real hot. We're supposed to get some hot weather today. And to put on an extra 8 or 10 miles didn't sound like a good idea. Well, let's back up the truck a little bit here. Give me the weather forecast. What is going on right now on the South Rim where you are? And then what would it be like if you were to go down to Phantom Ranch, down to the Colorado River itself? Well, right now on the Rim, it's, what, about 55 degrees, Jimmy, something like that. And uh, not quite T-shirt weather to be outside. Uh, the expected temperature at Phantom Ranch is about 102 today. Ah, but it's a dry heat. 
So is an oven when you open the door. <laughs> All righty. So exactly where do you camp tonight? We'll be at Indian Gardens, which is one of the main campgrounds. We will be assigned a little patch of ground with a couple of bushes around it, and that will be home for the evening. Now, let me compare and contrast. The places that we camped 20 years ago, we were the only ones there. Is this Indian Gardens campground going to be one where there's other hikers as well? I think there are about 150 sites there for people. There'll be several hundred people there tonight. Explain the concept of when you design one of these hikes, how you don't just go where you want to go, you've got to hike to water. That's correct. You plan it so that every night... When you stop, you, you have access to water, whether it's the river or a spring or one of the side streams that flow into the river. And how do you filter the water? you do it the same way you did 20 years ago with me? With exactly the same pump that the Raven almost got, but you saved it. <laughs> uh, and what were the name of the Ravens who seemed to follow us on that hike? Heckle and Jekyll. Right, they were funny. You leave anything out, and Heckle and Jekyll will get to it. All right, so then day two, you wake up tomorrow somewhat sore because people, you know, you, you got two people with you. One of them's a rookie. Do they understand how steep it is going down off the rim and how your thighs and your calves don't like that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I couldn't have said it better myself. All right, so, so now, after you've gone down and the thighs and the calves raise their white flag and surrender, then it gets kind of level for a couple of days, right? That will be going along the Tonto, heading, heading west on the Tonto. Uh, for the uninitiated, explain what the Tonto is. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, all right. Uh, about two-thirds of the way from the rim to the river. There's a plateau that levels out, and it follows the river for, I don't know, about 50 miles, I guess. And there's a trail along that plateau, which is the Tonto Plateau, and hence the Tonto Trail. And it's very level. Uh, There are some ups and downs, but for the most part, it's level. Wherever you cross a stream bed or a wash, you have to go down and up a little bit. But other than that, it's relatively level. So, you take the Tonto West past Horn and Cedar Creeks to Salt Creek. Describe what you expect to see at Salt Creek. Well, we're hoping to see water, for one thing. You hope? You don't know at this point? Wouldn't that be a problem? Yeah, it could be, but we're going to prepare for it uh, because it's been so dry out here. Some of the streams are a lot lower than expected. Uh, this is one that did not have a very strong flow whenever we were, went through it. And we're going to take extra water from Indian Gardens so that we're sure that we can make it to, well, to uh, Hermit the following day. Mining Creek. My, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Mining Creek will be right not far from uh, Salt Creek where we know we can get water. That's a real strong stream. And then down to camp at Granite Rapids, about five miles or so away. And by the time you're at these places, you kind of got the canyon to yourself? We hope so. We figure maybe once we leave, 
Indian Gardens, there's a good possibility that we won't see anybody for two days. And that is the way it should be in the Grand Canyon. That's actually one of the things I like the best about it. You are down there, and you have the canyon to yourself, and you've got those big cliffs. And How close will you get to the Colorado River? We will soak our feet in the Colorado River when we get to Granite Rapids. Which you did with me, at least you came very close to it, although you kind of left me behind, which was a good idea because I was—I decided I didn't need to do any extra walking. Although, that was a kind of tough walk to get down there. What Jimmy, did, what, did, wasn't it like blocked off the way we were going to go because of some erosion or some boulder got in the way or something? Yeah, it's a very large boulder called a chokestone right at the end of the, the creek, Grapevine Creek. You could see the river. It was probably uh, 100 feet away, but there was no way to get down. Uh, it was probably a 30 or plus drop to get down, and we just uh, didn't have the equipment or uh, I, the human fly couldn't uh, handle that, that particular drop. Or as I call you, Spider-Man. But you did throw a rock in the river, though, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I tossed one, uh, you know, just like a softball, tossed it over and saw it splash in the river. All right, so then where do you go for day four? Uh, day four, uh, it's a very short hike, probably about five miles to uh, Hermit Camp. And uh, that from there, there's also a trail, Packless Trail, that we can go down to the river there also. And will you be doing a side excursion like we did on day three when we were at Grapevine Canyon? That was that. That was the, my favorite part of the trip because we left our packs behind. We were walking on air going down that canyon. That's right. Uh, we, we can go up or down uh, Hermit Creek, and you know there, there, there'll be pools of water to splash in. Uh, <laughs> without a pack, it's it's very easy. Last year we had planned several side uh, trips without packs, but it was so hot. We just said, let's just stay here in the shade. But this year, I don't know if it'll be that bad, but, uh, you know, we, we do have a few little side trips. All right, so we did five days 20 years ago. You're doing five days this time. What is day five like, and how do you get out of that canyon? I will add to this the fact, in fact, your, your rookie, we'll ask about a second here, but your rookie probably will feel the same way, that that entire time you're down there, you look at that rim, you look at those steep walls and you go, how am I getting out of here? But apparently I did. So how are you getting out on day five? Well, it, the, the Hermit Trail, uh, it goes obviously from uh, uh, Hermit Camp up to Hermit's Rest. And the steepest part is called the Cathedral Stairs. That's where it goes through the uh, Red Wall. And after that, it, it's pretty, very similar to uh, the Grand View Trail. You know, you go sort of level, and then a few switchbacks here and there. And uh, we've, we've gone out this way one time uh, years ago, and it took us about six hours. So we'll leave early in the morning, and for the most part, we will be in the shade, so it shouldn't be that bad. And also the packs will be a tad bit lighter. Well, primarily because you've eaten food on the way. But explain the concept, Jimmy, about you take your trash out with you. Uh, that's correct. We, you know, you can't leave uh, all the little beer cans and bottles and all that that we bring down. And uh... <laughs> You got any hooch on this trip? Uh, 
Hooch? Hooch on the trip? We never leave home without it, Wayne. That's right. We had little pieces of that, little sips of that every night. That was a fun thing that they brought from home. And by the way, Spider-Man, Jimmy, was the guy who packed that big bottle around. I don't want that in my pack, that's for sure. Now, how do you, when you get to the rim, will there be a uh, a case of beer cooled off and waiting for you? Well, uh, our, our support crew, uh, they, they, we told them they have to go out to on the shuttle bus. It's the only way you can get there to where Hermit's Rest is. And there are picnic tables there. And we said we should be out around noonish. So they were thinking, yeah, maybe we'll go there. And hopefully we'll have the, the snacks that they bring, uh, cheese, crackers, fruit. And uh, usually there might be a 12-pack of fine beer, too. Yeah, you'll get there at noon because you don't have me to slow you down. I believe we got to Grandview Point about one fifteen or so in the afternoon. Okay, who are the people that are going along with Charlie and Jimmy Bender? Well... Tim Wentworth is going with us. He's been a few times. It's my fifth. And, Wayne, the first time I went, it was down the, the exact opposite way we're doing this route, and I had to go down the cathedral staircase. And I can tell you that I am much better prepared this time, and as soon as we get off the phone, I am going to take some ibuprofen in advance. <laughs> That's a really good idea. And the other good idea, start hydrating now. And by hydrating, actually, we talked about coffee earlier. It's probably worth pointing out the fact you probably want decaf, right, and not high-test coffee? Correct. Yep. Because you, you don't need a diuretic. You, you want to retain that moisture you've got. And, in fact, Charlie, you can explain the fact that I had troubles on that first day, A, because it was so steep going down, which is harder than I expected going downhill. But your, your theory was always that I probably didn't hydrate enough, even with the big things of Gatorade we brought. Yes, that's probably part of the problem. You don't think about it, from, especially coming from the east. You don't think about hydrating. You don't realize you're sweating when you're out here. Your, your body is just perspiring constantly, but there's no moisture on your skin. The only time you realize is when you take your backpack off and your, the back of your shirt is soaking wet. So you've got to keep, keep hydrating, and we probably underestimated how much water you needed, because you are a little bit bigger guy than we are, and bigger guys need more water. <laughs> well, and I think I was afraid. I don't want to drink it all, you know, two-thirds of the way down and then not have anything, and I think I was a little bit too cautious on that. Tim, as a guy who's done this a couple of times before, can you explain to the listeners your theory, and see if it matches my theory, I thought that even though going up on that last day is exhausting, I thought that going down was actually harder because it's so damn steep off that rim. Much harder, and every time you take a step, you don't have the luxury of having your foot down to know whether you got good footing or not. So it's sort of a, a crapshoot every time you take a step. And uh, you're working muscles that you just never work at home, and, yeah, it's, it's a brutal thing the first day. Charlie, can you explain scree? Scree is just small objects stones that's on the trail, small rocks. Actually, John Drum called, coined the phrase fall bearings. You put your foot down and they just roll underneath your foot and you end up on your butt. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we use hiking staffs when we go. Uh, we take, everybody's got a pole about close to six feet long 
and you lead yourself with that. You put the pole down and you find a solid place for the pole before you take your next step so that even if your foot slips, you got two points, one of your other foot and the pole to keep your balance. Oh, that hiking stick was so important for me, and you learn as you went along how to use it and use it properly. It's like a third leg. I still have it. That's how important it was to me. So we got Tim Wentworth, and who's the who's the rookie on this trip? Rookie. You want to talk to our rookie? Yeah, who's the rookie? Our rookie is Jesse Megson, my uh, my cousin's grandson. And he just got out of the USMC, so I'm not too worried about him. <laughs> oh, so you're saying that he's in better shape than I was 20 years ago today? Jesse, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Are you are you got a little anticipation? Are you a little nervous about it? Are you excited about it? How do you feel as you're about ready to head down off the South Rim? Well, I'd say all of the above. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'd say I'm I'm okay for this hike, but this is the Grand Canyon, this is like nothing I've ever done before, um, but uh, I think it'll be it'll be a great time. Um, so, but I've listened to all the ins and outs that uh, the wisdom of that uh, Charlie and Jimmy have given to me. So I'm thinking if I just listen to that, I'll, I'll be just fine. Yeah, you don't need my wisdom except for hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. You, I think he said you were a Marine. I mean, does this compare to like boot camp? Uh, I I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let me change that then and just say, what did you do to condition yourself? I'm assuming you just didn't get in the car, drive to Arizona, and just go off the rim. You did something to be ready for this hike. Well, um, for what I, would, what I would normally do when I was in the Marine Corps for hiking is I would do uh, some leg workouts and uh, core workouts and, and do some running. The ironic thing is that I wouldn't do a lot of backpacking before. I would, but not as much as you'd think. Because uh, it does put a lot of strain in your back, but that's so you got to condition your core, and your legs to prepare for that heavy pack. Um, so, but this isn't the the packs that we're carrying aren't as heavy as what I used to carry. So, uh, and they're a little better designed, I think, than the ones I had in the service. So, well, Jesse, having been in your footsteps, I can tell you you're in for a wonderful experience. And those guys, and Tim too, are going to be great guides to take you along, and they know exactly how this works. Hey, uh, Charlie, tell the people listening about what breakfast, lunch, and dinner are when you're hiking the Grand Canyon. I will defer to our chef. Is that Jimmy? Tim Wentworth. Ah, you brought a chef along this time. Okay. The chef. Town-renowned chef. (laughs) So, uh, sandwiches for lunch, oatmeal, granola bars, and cold cereal for breakfast, and dinner, we've got... uh, tortellini and meatballs with um, tomato cream sauce tonight. We've got, uh, let's see, oh, we're doing Jimmy's Famous Beanie Weenie tomorrow night. What was that? Jimmy's Famous Beanie Weenie, hot dogs cut up in baked beans with onions. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he likes it, so we bring it. Yeah. And uh, then we're doing... Uh, kielbasa with fried onions mashed potatoes and sauerkraut and then the last night we've got uh, couscous with a chicken with parmesan cream sauce and how do you heat that stuff up including water for your decaf coffee you've got little jet boilers charlie is that different from when we went down 20 years ago Yes, it is. We don't need anybody to pick up sticks and break them into little pieces no, that was my job it's the only thing i could do well 
Yeah, we got we've got a stove that runs on I don't know butane or something like that, and uh, we started using that quite a few years ago, and it really works well because you can re- regulate the temperature a lot better, and uh, it, it just it's easier to carry in the whole nine yards. And lastly, to wrap things up here, when we went 20 years ago, we got up at 3 o'clock in the morning and flew out on a plane to, that's how you fly, to uh, Phoenix, and we did the drive, went by uh, Sedona and went up Oak Creek Canyon and eventually to Flagstaff and then did uh, did the hike, drove back to Phoenix and eventually flew home. You drove. You left here at 2.45 a.m. on April the 29th. I'd like to just give a little bit of idea behind the concept and what driving from here to the Grand Canyon, and then eventually back, was like? Well, we have a small motorhome, 22-foot motorhome, and we have a couple friends of ours, Tom and Janet Conley, and they've been with us a number of times. That helps share the driving. Uh, This year, when we were on our way out, we encountered some real heavy headwinds, uh, probably 20, 25 miles an hour, constantly the whole way out so that made it a lot more nerve-wracking and and uh just frustrating because you couldn't cruise along you had to be just had you have your hands on the wheel and and with a death grip practically the way the wind blows vehicles around especially when a truck comes alongside you and passes you change the whole wind pattern and you get whipped around and it it wasn't it wasn't a fun drive but it's it's interesting seeing some of this stuff along the way. You can see a lot more on the ground than you can from 38,000 feet. <laughs> well, and conversely, on the drive out and in the plans on the drive back, was there a sightseeing highlight, something that you saw that was pretty cool? Well, actually, we, we're going to stop on the way back at a couple of things. We did pretty much express out, and we stopped at a friend's, hunting camp in New Mexico, and we spent two nights there and did a little hiking up the mountain near him, uh, which, which we find very helpful because the day after that, we had the pain in our calves that we normally have on the first day of our hike in the canyon, so we got that out of our system. That's great news, and I love hearing the story. This, by the way, is a totally different route than the one that we took when we left 20 years ago today. So I wish you guys good weather. Uh, You talked about the heat, certainly warmer than when we went, but is there any rain in the forecast? Because I know a year or two ago you got hit by rain, and it was not nice. (laughs) Because you're not bringing umbrellas along. No, we're not. It's like zero chance of rain. Don't say that. All right, knock on wood, it stays that way. We'll take the rain here so you don't get any. All right, well, thank you very much for the update. Uh, do we get another one coming up maybe on Wednesday? We can't, uh, you know, you, you can't call from the canyon. There's no cell service down there. But uh, is it possible that the day after you get out, uh, you give us a little update on how things went? Yeah, we could give, try to give you a call on, let's see, that would be on the 11th. Looking forward to it. Guys, have a great time. It's a wonderful experience. I, I just can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. And and for Jesse, let me just tell you this, that when you get to the rim, that last day getting out is tough because you're going up that very steep trail on the way out. But within 15 minutes after I got to the rim, I'm saying to myself, I want to do this again, which is not what I was saying an hour before that. And on top of that, there was a feeling of euphoria 
that I have experienced very few times in my life. It was an incredible, incredible experience. Hope you guys all have a great trip. Thanks for checking in this morning. Okay, Wayne, we'll see ya. The Grand Canyon Hikers. That would be Charlie, Jimmy, Tim, and Jesse checking in from Arizona this morning.